Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. Now y'all know who's gonna start off with the fucking boy. I'm in the Masoni room at the. I can't believe the boat was rocking. Y'all actually thought that shit was about Megan, but we gonna get into it. Let's go. We going from the Vava to sink on sink, then back to the Vava. If you know, you know, baby. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. This the boy we talking about. Hey. Set to mezzo, me to Mazo in a nesto, short rigatoni with the pesto. These verses of my manifesto, hallways got an echo. Me and Smigs on a loose in the city, you know how to rest go. Casual sex, I'm like fuck a dress code. The first martini is an espresso, chill shot glasses with prosecco. Niggas so ignorant in our hood, they be like, why the fuck you making techno? I'm worldwide and this is just another cargo Insurance policies, you niggas bout to need the gecko. I got some meaner threats though. Me, Spider Man, and Leonardo. I'm back tomorrow. I had to chop it to a wedding out in Monaco or Monte Carlo. I'm losing track of where we all go. I wouldn't trade my life for none of y'all's. It's an embargo. 59 bags on a 767. This is heavy cargo. If you ain't know, this song should have told you right here. I wanna know the real you You started dancing to pay your tuition Girl, I wanna know what you been through You want a boutique or you wanna sell hell Just let me know what you into If you out in public and he want your number Just tell him my nigga will spin you Police! Help! Police! Let's go! Y'all got me tight because y'all actually had me believing this shit. Now my body for your baby girl. Wipe them like a snotty for your baby girl. Coming out my body for Say what? 
damn Just turned on the news and seen that man who never got pussy in school And making laws about what women could do I This line right here should've told y'all so I gotta respect you Niggas put hands on you in the past Insecure because your body is pressure Four words when I think about them is crusty, musty, dusty, rusty Eight words when I think about us is fuck me, fuck me, fuck me, fuck me Disrespect, yeah, and I smack them The texts you say in the captions The videos we got ever leak We going viral or going platinum Don't Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Dad Hats and Bowties. It's the Kid XAB, and I am here solo dolo today, here to give y'all another episode, here to entertain y'all. We are the predictors of culture. We're going to get into it. So, I ain't going to keep y'all guessing. I ain't going to keep y'all at the edge of y'all seats. This week, distinguish the God is not going to be with me, and he will not be with us for an undetermined amount of time. No, the boys are not breaking up. No, the boys did not get into an argument. No, the boys are not upset with one another. Distinguish, if you haven't noticed, has been dealing with some things that he felt like he needed to handle and take care of on his own, and he needed some time to himself to be able to do that. And so we mutually agreed that it, would be best for him to take some time away from the show um, and use that time to heal, deal with whatever he is dealing with. I won't get into specifics. That is not my job. That is not for me to do. Um, But in the meantime, let him feel like he is able to become himself again. And so I want to tell y'all to send him well wishes and support and love. But at the same time, I want you guys to respect the fact that um, he said that he wanted to have some alone time and deal with things on his own. So um, if you do end up reaching out, don't get offended if he doesn't reach back out, as well as it might be best to wait for him to reemerge from the cocoon that he is in um, before you reach out and send your love and support. With that being said, the show must go on. I will have some amazing guests joining me through the month of November. Um, Distinguished did mention that he plans on returning for the month of December. Um, But I want my brother to take as much time as he needs to, to feel healthy and whole so I will not uh, place that that placeholder as a definite. Um, so you can expect him back in December. Maybe so, maybe not. As far as I'm concerned, he needs to take all the time he needs to in order to feel like he is him, his happy, healthy, crazy, entertaining self. So um, there's no pressure from me on this side. There shouldn't be pressure from any of the fans and listeners and supporters. Um, We all just want you to get well distinguished, but this does open up uh, a conversation that we need to have about black men and how we don't feel supported sometimes, how we go through things and the people in our lives are more concerned about us being their backbone 
us being their protectors, us being their supporters, that we overlook or the people in our lives overlook that we need that support and we need that help and we are suffering as well. This isn't the first story of a black man's plight, pain, and hurt being overlooked while others around are asking for favors, needing support, needing this, needing that, and it adding more stress and adding more to the plate that we already have in terms of what we may be dealing with. And we're all dealing with something. So that's really the moral of the story. There's not one person right now that doesn't have something going on in their life that is worth talking about, worth needing love and worth needing care. And um, I think that that is part of this story here as well. Um, sometimes that sometimes the happiest people are the ones that are dealing with the most demons. And with that being said, I just want everyone to be mindful of what is going on in the lives of the people that you care about. And always keep in mind that relationships are 50, 50, right? Like what you need from that person you may have built a foundation of needing a specific thing from an individual. Maybe it's their counseling. Maybe it's their guidance. Maybe it's their support. But in the same breath, as much as you take those things and you need those things from them, just keep in mind that they might be needing something from you. And it's important to keep that to the forefront because if they start to recluse themselves or Reclude themselves from activities or things that they're doing. You want to keep in mind that they're human too. So, yes, your mentor might need you to listen to them sometimes. Obviously, not if they're your mentor in a professional setting, but if you're friends, but you look up to this person, you got to understand that that person may need you at some point. That person that is always listening to your problems. They might need you to ask them every now and again. But what about you? Are you okay? Like, what's going on with you? They mean need that ear too. That strong person that's always there to give you that support, that's always there to lift you up when you're feeling bad about yourself or you're feeling low. They might need you to flip the script and ask them if they need your support. And they need you to lift them up. And so just keep those things in mind because some people are not going to ask for these things. Some people are embarrassed to ask for the love, support, and care. Some people feel like they're not worthy of it. And as much as I personally do feel, as we spoke about on the show before, that it is a mutual dance, right? And if y'all listened to last episode, y'all would know that I said this to distinguish. As much as it is the peop- the responsibility of the people in your life to make sure that they're reaching out to you and making sure that you're okay, it is equally your responsibility to let them know, let the close people in your life know, hey, this is what I need from you. And so it's a delicate dance. There's no right or wrong to it. But I want everybody to keep those things in mind 
as they as you maintain your friendships, right? Like friendships, relationships, family, all this shit is work. None of it is easy. And if it feels easy, then something is you're doing something wrong. If it feels easy, then you might be the one draining the energy out of the relationship or out of that other person within that relationship, within that friendship, within that family. Um, because these shits ain't easy. Friendships ain't easy. Family ain't easy. Lovers ain't easy. And it's because of this delicate dance. So with that being said, we got a lot of shit to talk about. Last time you heard from us was Monday when we dropped the episode, which means we recorded on a Sunday, which means the terrible, terrible news about takeoff did not hit until Monday in the middle of the night. So technically Tuesday morning. Um, and I'm sure everybody knows by now, but if I got to spell it out, takeoff was murdered, um, between Halloween and November 1st, All Saints Day. Um, there's a lot of speculation regarding what was going on. Nothing has been confirmed. Uh, we've had three or four different accounts of the story at this point. You have one account that says, that it was over a dice game and Quavo was going back and forth with some people and they got upset and some gunshots rang out, takeoff got hit. You got another account of the story that says Quavo was not arguing with anybody. He was breaking up a fight and somehow in the midst of breaking up the fight, shots rang out and takeoff got hit. You have another account that says a dice game was involved. You have other accounts that said it was a heated argument over basketball. You have accounts that state that Quavo had nothing to do with anything. And it was just, again, two other parties that just rang off you have accounts stating that the people who put on the game really didn't give a damn um and you know it's just a hot mess and so that conjuncture i kind of want to stay away from and i apologize because i am definitely dealing with a little cold so if my voice sounds a little crazy that's why but um yeah i want to stay away from all of that and uh, that all of those the speculation and Trying to put blame. It definitely sounds like a lot of blame is trying to be thrown at Quavo and somehow make it seem like it's his responsibility somehow um, in terms of what happened. Sounds like a lot of people want to throw blame. And I understand in, in times of pain, mourning, and suffering, it's easy to direct that pain towards an individual that is still here because it feels like you can get some form of accountability out of that. But the conversation is way bigger than this. And it has way less to do with those involved outside of the shooter, right? That definitely has everything to do with the person who shot and killed takeoff. But outside of that, 
there's a broader conversation that we need to have and we've needed to have for a very, very long time. We needed to have it when PND Rock, PNB Rock, I'm sorry, when he passed away. It needed to be had when Young Dolph passed away. It needed to be had when Nipsey Hussle passed away. And that conversation is around hip-hop and hip-hop culture. Now, no, all the blame does not go on the music or towards the culture or anything like that. That's not what I'm suggesting. But what we are failing to realize is hip-hop seems to be insane. And I mean that in a figurative and literal sense in terms of we are doing the exact same things and expecting a different result. And I don't understand why I don't see how we think we are going to grow as a community, as a community that has such reverence for hip hop. If we don't change certain things about hip hop, And this is an up and down conversation. I'm talking about change who owns hip hop because that's part of it, right? We always talk about like, well, why isn't conscious rap put to the forefront? Why isn't it that like the spitters get their time to shine? You only got people like Kendrick and J. Cole that get the recognition, but there are dope, dope lyricists out there. There are dope artists out there. All of the the women rappers, the only ones that are really getting any play right now are the ones that are talking about shaking their ass, but you got those out there that are really talking that shit. Why is it? Well, that has a lot to do with who owns hip-hop. And when we're talking about owning hip-hop, it isn't black people. Sorry, 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 y'all. I got to keep it a thousand on this episode. It isn't us. The music companies and labels and distributors, all of them are owned by someone who does not look like us. And because of that, they dictate what is going to sell and they dictate what's hot. As much as we think we are pushing culture and we do. They dictate culture, right? There are aspects of black culture that are absolutely amazing and magnificent and on a street level that mainstream America has nothing to do with. They don't know anything about. And that is because that is where we own the culture. But once we get it hot, they monetize it and then they own it. They take it from us. And it's in a way where we end up still making said thing hot but they get all of the benefits from it being hot. We built hip hop. We created it, but then we gave it away. And when we gave it away, it got commercialized. And so whatever seemed to bring, bring the most, it was no longer about the art at that, at that point. It was about the business. What is bringing the most revenue? The craziest story is bringing the most revenue. And that's really what ended up happening. If you notice, the rappers have gotten more extreme over the years in terms of their look 
and in terms of what they're talking about. And that is because those who are sitting in these companies are looking at the culture and they're saying, well, what sells the most is the most extreme version of X, Y, and Z. You got Slim Shady. He sold the most because not only was he white and he could spit at a high level, the highest of levels, but he was extreme about every fucking thing that he said. Talking about murder suicides, talking about fucking up his his ex-girlfriend at the time, talking about shooting up and spraying up everything, the most extreme. And that made him very entertaining. And it made him a cash cow. You got every rapper starting from the 90s when hip hop got very commercialized up until now, slowly progressing more and more and the music slowly getting more and more outrageous to the point where we actively knew artists were not living the lives that they were portraying. And we still fucked with them, a.k.a. 6 9 This is why this podcast and myself could never get with him. From the moment he came out, sure, he had some hot tracks. Sure, he had a little entertaining story behind him. But it was a mockery. It was a caricature of hip hop. And that was the part where I didn't understand why other people didn't understand that. That was not true hip hop. That was y'all want to talk about industry plants. That was a true industry plant. That was a person who came out of nowhere. The label said, yo, this gimmicky shit got some eyes on it. Let's pump some money behind it and let's see how far it can go. And that's not hip hop to me. That's not raw. That's not authentic. That's not real. So. I could never get with that. But many people did, including people in the industry. And that tells me everything that I need to know about where hip hop is and what it's willing to do for the money and not so much the artist, because as an artist, you're doing what you need to do to feed yourself and your family in most cases. Many of these artists are, are, not coming from places where they have half a million dollars just sitting and chilling that they can use to feed their families or feed themselves. Most of these artists are starving and looking for a chance. And when a chance is presented to them, they're going to take it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Now, for me, I think integrity should always play a part, but I can understand why some might say, let me throw some of my integrity to the side and get this check and shit. Maybe I could buy some of that integrity back once I make enough money that I can do X, Y, and Z to correct whatever harm I'm doing in the interim. Some people might, might think like that and I can understand it. Don't necessarily agree. But I can understand it. And I say all of that to say this. Takeoff's death is an absolute tragedy. It is. There's never 
there's never a reason for a 28 year old man to to pass away especially from violence especially from gun violence especially from gun violence from another individual that looks exactly like him that shouldn't happen i'm not talking about an idealistic world I'm not talking about an unrealistic scenario. This should not happen. And you know why it's making everybody uneasy? It's because we look at these celebrities and we think they can't be touched. We think they can't be affected by the same things that, are, that affect us in our everyday lives, in our hoods. because. What happened to takeoff happens every day. Somebody's son, brother, uncle, nephew is getting shot and killed every single day. But for whatever reason, we think that when people reach a celebrity status, the woes that Affect quote unquote everyday people Somehow no longer Are associated with them On the flip side We think that somehow When people get some money And they get some status They also get initiated into this club Where they're all knowing And they have all this information Which then makes us Believe everything that comes out of their their, their mouth I.e. Kanye and Kyrie But I'll talk a little bit briefly on that. I don't want to continue to talk about Kanye and Kyrie. And definitely, I'm not dismissing some of the things that they are saying. However, we just have to stop blindly following people. And that's why I fucking hate the internet. But we're going to get back to that. That is the title of this episode. We fucking hate the internet. Um, But I'll get back to that. Hip-hop culture is insane, ladies and gentlemen. It's insane. And it needs help. But we are the cure. The first thing we need to do is stop glorifying a particular culture. We need to transform that. We are glorifying street gang Death, rape, and sex culture. And that's just the reality. So if we want to see something different, we need to change that. We all know it. Turn on any fucking rap song right now. Any song that's been on the radio in the last 24 hours. And you will find a line that is talking about drugs You'll find a line talking about sex. You'll find a line talking about death and sliding. And I'm not just talking about these things in specific scenarios or encapsulated in specific lines or ways. Right? Like, death is a part of life. So, yes, that may come up in a song that's about real life. But that's not how... These songs are portrayed. 
That's not how death is portrayed in these songs. Sex. Sex is a part of life. Shouldn't be upset to hear somebody talking about busting it wide open. Right? We all know that everybody busts it wide open at some point in their life. Otherwise, none of us would be here. But it's how it's glorified. We are cheapening certain things and certain amazing, beautiful aspects of our culture and then selling it. And when we cheapen it, what do you think is going to happen when people buy the cheap version? They get hooked on the cheap shit. If I can get the shit for the low, why am I going to get the... Highly expensive one Why am I going to get the one That I need to put a lot of work in To get So when we Cheapen our love And then sell it In a song When we cheapen our sex And then sell it In a song When we cheapen our life And then sell it In a song The return is A cheapened culture It's all reciprocal It's a circle the circle of life, right? Kevin Crown, shout out to Kevin Crown. He had a live earlier today and he asked the question, is art imitating life or is life imitating art? The simple answer to that is both. And we know this. The things that are happening in people's lives, especially in the genre of hip hop, they go into the booth and they speak about. And in turn, depending on how they speak about it, it becomes part of culture in hip-hop. This is how it's worked. Gucci wasn't hot like it was until Biggie and Puffy and all of them continued to talk about Gucci, Gucci down to the socks, all of that. And then what happened? The common person wanted Gucci. Tommy Hilfiger saw an extreme boost in sales and decided to work with hip-hop culture once he realized that was the reason why. Timberland, Adidas, the list goes on. So we cannot... Separate the music from the culture The music is definitely influencing the culture And so when the culture then turns and, and decides that sliding If your man get hit You gotta go hit those who hit him Is the cool thing that's part of the culture Then that is what we are left with People thinking oh nah if they hit my man, I got to go hit them. Oh, nah. If he wants, if me and him decide to have sex, he got to pay a bill. Oh, nah. If she don't want to suck my dick, then she could get out. We say these things, we make, we make light of them, 
we cheapen it. And naturally, you'll have people that'll be like, that's just music. That's just entertainment. They saying the wildest shit or they're, they're talking about the wildest moments just to entertain us. But then you have more impressionable people. Hell, you see it in politics. And politics is supposed to be the more mature realm, right? But people are impressionable. People are impressionable. And at some point, we can't continue to just say those being impressionable are not our responsibility because I ain't telling them to pick up the gun. I ain't telling them to go do that. I ain't tell her to go do this. I was telling my story. You're not always telling your story. Sometimes you're glorifying some shit and you know it. And no, you are not responsible for every single individual that just decides to listen to your music and take that energy and go do something. But as a community, we need to start being a little bit more responsible for what we are accepting as our culture. Artists do what y'all do. That is your job. Make the hot songs. Make the good music. Tell your stories. It's not on y'all. It's up to us as a culture, though, to dictate what is hot and what isn't. Because of getting enraged, feeling disrespected, whether it's a conversation, a dice game, a this, a that, and pulling out a gun and shooting. Yes, there are multiple layers as to what the fuck could have possibly been wrong with that individual. Do you have a weak ass ego that you didn't feel comfortable getting quote unquote clowned in front of everybody or disrespected in front of everybody? That you thought pulling out a gun to get that power back was going to do it? Are there some other issues going on? Or is there just simply a lack of accountability happening within our culture? We still don't even know who did, who shot him. Yet there were multiple people there who saw the altercation. So, accountability. It's across the board. Our community, the things that we put value on, the things that we deem to be okay, including this quote-unquote no snitching, including this gun culture, this violence culture, this rape culture, all these things that lack respect for another human being and for human life. We got to do away with it. And I ain't going to stay here. There are a lot more things to talk about, a lot more things for us to get to. But this is just sad, man. It's, it's sad that almost every other week there's a prominent name in the news from hip-hop culture. 
but we can't just keep coming in here every other week saying it's sad. At some point, we have to say, what the fuck are we going to do to make it different? And shit, I might be completely wrong. Some of y'all might not feel like the culture has anything to do with it. So then pinpoint the problem, the real one, so that we can start finding solutions for it. And you know me, I'm Mr. It's poverty, it's society, it's the way... That things are designed outside of our community's control. Absolutely. All that shit still exists. We know that everybody is fighting for survival out here. And in some instances, that means thinking that it's okay to rob somebody, thinking that it's okay to steal. Maybe not even thinking it's okay, but it's a necessity. Feeling like it's a necessity. But at this point, that's not what's happening. What's happening is it feels culturally accepted that these things can happen within our community and we're just supposed to move on. We have to take a stance and we have to make it different. We have to make a change. RIP to take off, man. That wasn't the only death in the news this week. As y'all know, Aaron Carter died 34 years of age. He was battling with sobriety for a very long time. Unfortunately, he succumbed. I don't know to what, so I don't want to subscribe that to him. Um, But from all accounts, it seems like that may have been what was involved in his passing. Nonetheless, R.I.P. to Aaron Carter. For those of y'all who grew up like how I grew up, 90s babies, 80s babies, early 2000s babies, y'all ain't heard an Aaron Carter song. Aaron Carter was one of them. One of those, those childhood prodigies that the girlies loved. And it just reminds you of a different time. And it's unfortunate that he died so young as well. 34 is not an age that you should be dying at. Yeah, this is a this is a heavy episode for y'all. Um, I'm going to try and make it as lighthearted as possible, but there's, there's just too much in the news. There's too much. There's too much negativity going on. And... As predicted as a culture, world's most dangerous podcast. We're going to discuss it. This is one of those episodes. Let's get into some more fun shit. Y'all niggas make me hate the internet more and more every day. <laughs> I said fun shit, right? So. Friday. I woke up. No stuffy. Throat sore. Barely could get out of bed. I rolled over, grabbed my phone, and saw a 21 and Drake drop. Saw our prediction about the Black Panther album came true. 
And that dropped. Saw a couple other things drop. And I said, yo, I'm not going to be able to enjoy any music while I'm battling this cold. So I'm not going to listen to shit today. I'll listen to it Saturday. Saturday, I wake up to see a bunch of blogs posting the same shit. And you know how I feel when blogs start posting the same shit. Who the fuck runs y'all? Here's the thing. What each blog posted was a complete misrepresentation of the line that has caused so much controversy over this weekend. And yet, it feels like nobody went to fact check. Nobody went to genius. Nobody trusted their own fucking ears. They just went with what the blog said. So for those of you who are a little lost, what the fuck I'm talking about. Drake in 21 dropped her loss over the weekend. Now there is a line in one of the songs. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. Um, one of the songs, the song name is Circo Loco. And the line is she lied about shots, but she's still a stallion. Now, what the blogs posted was that Drake put, she lied about, so I'm sorry. The line is, she lied about getting shots, but she's still a stallion. What the blogs put was, she lied about getting shot, but she's still a stallion. Now, naturally, I'm sitting there like, whoa, fuck, flagrant Foul Drake You my mans But a yo So I'ma keep it honest with you That made me less excited To hear the the project I don't really Listen to this shit I don't know I've been telling y'all The industry knows something About this case That the common person doesn't Right. And so. Because of that. That was the first thing that my mind ran to. Was. Well, shit. Drake truly knows some other shit. If he's willing to speak about it on the song, because Drake is just not. He's not one of them. He stays out of politics. I'm talking about industry politics as well as politics politics. He'll drop a line here and there, but he won't do a a, a track like Kendrick where he'll go straight into it. And so in this instance, I was like, this ain't no way. And if he did, I really want to know what the fuck going on with Drake. 
So y'all had me over here like, yo, Drake might be going through a midlife crisis. At 36, he might be going through a midlife crisis because this ain't making no sense. And then I heard the song. And then I heard the lyrics. And then all the blogs did a retrack. Yes. If you go on most of the blogs now, you will see a secondary post on almost every single one of these Instagram pages that are blog sites, whatever you want to call them. And they all have a retraction to their initial post. It looks a little different on each page. But if you go on on site, they have a whole breakdown now of where the lyric actually came from or what they are depicting the lyric to be associated with. Um, If you go on Shade Room, they have the video of Yachty and Yachty is telling everybody, yo, I was there when we were creating the different songs and that line ain't what y'all think it is. That line got nothing to do with Megan. That line ain't a double entendre. That line is a one-dimensional line about women lying about getting ass shots. Saying they didn't get the ass shot, but clearly they did. And this is why I hate the fucking internet. Because even with all of these retractions, even with the lyrics being spelled out as not being what they were initially depicted to be. There are plenty of y'all still here trying to force the narrative that Drake is attempting to start something with Megan Thee Stallion. News flash. Men been calling women stallions, even though stallion is a male horse. But men have been calling women stallions way longer than Megan Alive has been. Megan the Stallion has been alive. Stallion is not only associated with Megan. So the moment y'all hear Stallion, y'all ready to go. The moment y'all hear shots and Stallion, y'all ready to go. Y'all got to chill the fuck out. Y'all do. Y'all do. Not because I don't blame nobody, nobody for thinking that the initial lines meant what they meant. Cause there's, there's, you know, that's kind of hard to not perk up your ears when you hear shots lied and stallion because the internet narrative from a lot of toxic men, and some men who are toxic, let me not even just let me not even do that. But a lot of men feel like things don't add up when it comes to this Megan Thee Stallion, Tory Lanez case. Now, what I am going to do in a little bit is I'm going to break that down. I'm going to break down the case. From inception, when shit first popped off, all the way to where we are now. In my opinion. It's a little hard to come to the conclusion that the facts aren't the facts. 
But I'm going to let everybody make their own decisions when I'm done. And I'll be a little bit more clear about where I stand. If you've been listening to the episodes, you know where I stand. And by going through this case, I still stand where I stand. Now, as a podcast, what we have said, Distinguish and I, things have gotten too confusing. Every minute, each one of the different parties are doing things that they shouldn't do that take away from credibility. That's just the reality. Megwick Gail King, that didn't do her no justice. That did the opposite. Tory Lane's dropping an album back way back. That ain't do him no justice in my opinion. That did the opposite of what he needed to happen. Right? Now Tory being silent, I think that did add, I won't say credibility, but it added something to the idea of I'm gonna just wait for my day in court. I don't need to I don't need to get on the internet. I don't need to do this. I don't need to do that. I wait for my day in court and I promise y'all it's all going to be settled. I'm not worried. Meg doing lives and stuff. Didn't really. Didn't really, I think, do her case any justice because it did set up this. Idea that she could say whatever she wanted, but the moment he steps out and says something about a the same legal case, it's an issue. Now, granted, there are legal reasons why that was the case, but all in all, in the, the climate that we were in, both parties did things that I think took away from their stance. They both just needed to shut the fuck up, go in their respective corners. And let the legal system do what it do. Because neither one of them were being clear about what they could and could not say. Yet continue to drop breadcrumbs of what they wanted to say. And so that just did nothing but add to more speculation and more foolishness. But we're going to get there in a second. I got to wrap this shit up with Drake because y'all got me. Y'all got me tight. Y'all really had me almost cancel the boy, right? Y'all really had me like, damn, son, what's going on? All for it to be internet shit. Internet shit. We way too gullible on the internet, y'all. Y'all reading stuff and y'all not doing no type of research. Y'all literally are letting the blogs feed you the narrative. And now everybody attacking and the line not even about Megan. Y'all made that association. And then when confronted with the facts that it's not about her, y'all saying, nah, it's a double entendre. And Drake's smart enough that if he did that, he did that on purpose. (laughs) Y'all can be wrong. The internet is wrong a lot of times. And so, yeah. 
The narrative about this Drake line that's caused so much controversy about the album now is wrong. Yachty cleared it up. If you listen to the line, the line clearly says she lied about getting shots, but she's still a stallion. Y'all are the ones who made it a multi-dimensional, a.k.a. double or tip, triple entendre line and claiming that it also has association with Megan Thee Stallion. That's not how double entendres work. The artists themselves typically hint you towards the idea of it being a double entendre. This seemed like a flat one-dimensional line, in my opinion, when I listened to it. Didn't seem like he was alluding to another angle or another side. And then some of y'all are like, oh, well, Drake and Tory are boys. Drake and Tory had beef up until like 2017, 18. Tory Lanez admitted to being jealous of Drake. And his success and not understanding why he wasn't getting the same thing until him and, and was dissing Drake in public until him and Drake had a conversation. So I wouldn't necessarily call them boys. Drake is petty. Drake don't forget nothing. I wouldn't necessarily consider them boys. So that whole associate, it's just crazy to me how the internet makes it so easy for y'all to follow narratives. That shit is crazy to me. No research, no, no back looking. Y'all don't even read the captions half the time. Y'all just read the headlines. Type of shit is that? We supposed to be getting smarter. We are getting dumber. And then y'all wonder why, like, these fucking politicians are getting away with murder. The album itself is solid. Definitely more of what I expected and wanted from Drake from this year. If he would have dropped this before, honestly, never mind. I think it would have been a little bit of a better one-two punch. But I understand why he did that. He might have been, again, acknowledging that Beyonce was about to drop something that was in the same lane as as a dance album and thought maybe that would have been influencing the culture a little bit. So I get it. But overall, this is a solid project. This is the Drake that I love. This is the Drake that I want. And I hope that we get a Drake album. That is just Drake, not a joint album, where he takes this sound to the next level. Because this is shit. This is the closest to take care that I've heard in a minute from Drake. You know, Scorpion was was up there, I guess, but Scorpion had a lot of it was a mix between the hype and in the real, real slow joints. This gave me a a mix of. Mid-tone Drake, solid club Drake, 
Emotional Drake gave me a good mix and it was quick. It was in and out. 16. I think albums need to go back to 16. I know it's a streaming game, so the longer length albums are the wave at the moment. 28 tracks, 22 tracks. But as a listening experience, that ain't it. A nice 16, maybe 20 is all we need. So it was good to get that from Drake. Um, and now I have to listen to the album more because only got to listen to it a couple of times. And now I'm trying to listen to it independent of the tomfoolery that was surrounding this particular line. So I might come back next week and give y'all an additional review because the boy definitely deserves a full review without the foolishness. Um, but for my first couple of listens, it's solid. And I feel like it's one of those albums that are only going to grow on me. I feel like it's better than Certified Lover Boy. Um, I feel like that first listen, it might be better than, than Scorpion to me. I'm not saying that it has more slaps than Scorpion because Scorpion was a double disc project, but it just cohesively um, sounds better. Uh, definitely 21 was cool, but 21, you could see the disparity between him and Drake. 21 is still growing as an artist. I liked how he showed out on um, God Did, but he was definitely, and this is by, this is no disrespect because I think he, he still was 21, but he, you just outclassed when you on, you on the, the project with Drake and you can't do what Drake does. So it was a lot of people been saying like every time Drake and 21 are on a project that 21 kills Drake. Well, put that noise to bed because this project definitely lets you know who the big dog is. If you if you if you thought if you had an inkling that it wasn't Drake, this put that to bed. And a lot of y'all been saying that about Lil Baby too. That every time Drake and Baby get together, Drake get you know what I mean second place. I'm pretty sure if they put a joint album together, the results would be similar. So we got to cut all that noise. Drake probably be like, yo, I want y'all to shine on this shit because I'm the big dog. Um, But yeah, put all that noise to bed. He definitely, he definitely showed out. Definitely did his thing. Um, And yeah, I enjoyed the project. Project is solid. I'll be able to give you a rank in terms of where it is on the Drake discography next week. But as of right now, definitely a good listen and uh, it's been one of his better releases. So let's break down this Meg and Tory case. I think it's important to do this recap for several reasons. One, because it is now in the limelight because of this misinterpretation of this Drake line that I'm confident in saying is a misinterpretation until Drake himself says, nah, that shit was about Megan. Um, 
So yeah, let's talk about it. Let's put our ducks in a row. Let's all be on the same page. The second reason why it's important is this case is beginning at the end of this month. I know for the last couple of uh, episodes, we've been lost and in the dark as to when this shit was supposed to pop off. But we have a definitive date now, barring it being moved again, because it's been moved several times. It was supposed to happen in September, um, but it got moved because uh, Tory's counsel, his lawyer, was dealing with two other cases um, that took away. And the cases he was dealing with, it don't add no credence to Tory shit. So, um, yeah. But let's start from the beginning. So, July 2020, as the rest of us were cooped up in the house, unable to go places because of COVID-19, Meg, Tory, and Kelsey were partying with Kylie Jenner in Hollywood Hills. Now, there was a lot of speculation as to what happened at this party. Um, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put things into categories. So this is the speculatory stuff. And this is what we know. So speculatory. Um, the speculatory things are. Tori apparently was flirting with Kylie. At this party, letting it be known that he was interested Meg and Kelsey both didn't take kind to it. And Meg demanded that everybody leave. Kelsey and Tori weren't ready to leave, but Meg was making such a big stink that they all said, fuck it, we're going to leave. That is the speculatory aspect of it. What we know is they attended the party and at some point decided to leave. Now, how us as the quote-unquote fans, supporters, regular folk, how we found out is, I don't know if everybody remembers, but the blogs have picked up this video of a shirtless Tory and a limping Megan backing up out of a SUV-styled black van and... We didn't know what the fuck was going on. It was like Tori and Megan were arrested. And we were like, what the fuck? Like, what's going on? Right? That was the first footage that we got of the events of that night and the first information that we got regarding it. Um, information came out later on that police were called to the scene because of gunshots in the area. And that Tori and Megan were arrested. Now, the person who called was a third party individual. We didn't know at the time who who called. It was later found out that that were that neighbors within the area had called after hearing gunshots. Um. 
Tory was arrested and charged. Megan was not charged. Um, and Megan initially told the police that she had cut her foot on glass. And that is what was leading to the limping. Um, Tory was arrested for having a semi-automatic weapon and having a loaded gun. So the gun that he had was semi-automatic and it was loaded. And so they only arrested him for that. He was not charged with any type of incident which would include bodily harm. So he wasn't charged for something like attempted manslaughter or assault or battery or anything like that. He was charged solely for having a weapon and that weapon being loaded. Right? So before I continue, this is one of the instances where people oftentimes look to say that Tory is innocent, that he wasn't arrested for something that would put him like when he was arrested, he wasn't charged rather for something that would most definitely put him in jail for a long period of time. And he wasn't charged for something that put somebody else in danger, which in any case where someone is shot, that is one of the main charges that is going to be placed on that individual. So that is where a lot of people look to say he has to be innocent. Um, now, on the other side of it, this could just simply have been a failure of the police um, in terms of their investigation. They didn't investigate well or confusion because the initial story from Meg was that she cut her foot on glass. So with it, with that in mind, police may not have thought to investigate further. <coughs> what came out later is that police did decide to investigate further. Um, but we'll get to that. So police would state that in their initial investigation, they did not find any eyewitnesses that could corroborate that Tory Lanes physically assaulted Megan Thee Stallion. So let's break that down. What does that mean? There are several different viewpoints to look at. You have the neighborhood itself and the people within the neighborhood. So the police investigated and interrogated people or rather just ask questions within the neighborhood. Nobody from that side of things could state that they definitively saw Tory Lane shoot Megan. You have Kelsey and you have the bodyguard that were supposed to be present that night. For whatever reason, police are stating that they were not able to get any information from the two of them about if Megan was shot by Tory. Now that leaves, depending on how you want to look at it, that leaves two different views of interpretation. For those who are advocating that Tory is innocent, they typically look to that to say, well, listen, nobody saw Tory shoot Megan and all these people are in close proximity 
So how does nobody go to the police and back up that story? Kelsey and Megan supposedly after this incident were no longer friends, don't talk to each other, and have been upset at each other. But it's hard to convince me that there is something so worth beefing off of that you don't tell the police if your friend got shot by somebody or not. That is just a little hard to believe that Kelsey is being that petty if she is. That she didn't go to the police and back up the story that Megan was shot by Tori. Um, so there's that. And naturally, off of my morals, if you a real nigga and you just watch this young lady get shot, it don't matter who you're the security guard to, I would presume that you would go to the police and present the evidence to them if you saw this young lady get shot by the person that you were there to protect. Now, that is going by my moral standard. I know that that's different for everybody. Some niggas might feel like the paycheck is worth more than the integrity. Some might feel like it's not they battle, so they're going to continue to do what they do, or he might have been paid off to not say anything. Whatever have you. I'm just saying what my morals would indicate to me is that it don't matter if I'm a bodyguard for you or you or you, or maybe he signed to an NDA. Anything that he see Tori get into, he can't speak about. Cool. Fair enough. But Kelsey not saying anything to back up her friend is just, it's hard to believe that she is that upset that she is, uh, was unwilling to provide information. So you can look at that and you can say, if you're a Tory supporter, nothing happened. And that's why nobody's saying anything. Because nobody saw what it is that Megan and Satan happened. If you're a Tory supporter. And also look at it and say, Kelsey is either doing what everybody in this scenario should have fucking been doing from the first place and waiting for the court proceedings to begin before putting herself out there and saying something and to the court of public opinion um, where the niggas online can't do nothing for you, right? That's why another reason why I hate the internet because niggas swear running to the internet somehow does something for them. We can't help you. Right. And maybe Kelsey is the only one that is smart enough to say to herself, these niggas can't help me. So I'm going to just wait till my court date and I'm going to talk about what I need to talk about that. Could be that. Or. Maybe there's some NDA that she's under. That she can't speak about until legally acts to. But this is another one of those scenarios where people look at that and say, well, it's a little weird that nobody came out and is able to say that what Megan is claiming Tory did, he did. Cool. In August, 
Now, mind you, this all, all of this information was what we had in July. There was a whole bunch of speculation. Yo, what happened? Oh, you know, maybe homegirl shot at, at her and Tori is trying to hold that down or all these things came out, right? And we'll talk about more of the conjuncture that came out. But before August, in the month of July, that's all we had to go off of. Now, in August, Meg comes out and states, Tory definitively is the person who shot her. So, remember, before this, there was just conjuncture about who shot Megan. Many of us speculated it was Tory. There was just this back and forth about, well, maybe it wasn't Tory. Maybe it was somebody else. Maybe it was Kelsey. Maybe the gun just went off. There was stuff about Megan beating on Tory and Tory pulling out the gun in self-defense. And Meg said she felt like Tory's publicist was, was purposely putting this stuff out there so that to muddy up this scenario. And so she went on live and said to the entire world, this nigga Tory shot me. That was all I needed to hear. But as the internet goes, a lot of people looked at this and said, nah, ain't no way. We saw the the foot, you went and you performed like right after. Like, ain't no way you were shot and you no tendons were hit, no bones were hit. How did you get shot and perform the next day or not the next day, but relatively quickly. Um, so a lot of people didn't believe that. Tori then came out and responded on September 25th. Well, first he did a live on, on or he put out a post rather on September 24th, saying that he was going to go live. And then he didn't go live. He dropped the album on September 25th. Within the album, it's called Daystar, still out there. Almost every track is in reference to this scenario and what happened that night and his account of how things are. And the relationship him and Megan had and where things lie. And so according to Tori, through this album, him and Megan were engaged in a sexual relationship throughout that summer. But he also was dealing with Kelsey. And so Kelsey and Megan fell out. Because he was dealing with both of them. 
That's his account. And part of this incident has to do with that falling out. He also alleges that Megan's label are the ones behind Megan coming at him and putting the shooting on his shoulders. So that is his account by that September. Now, October of that year, this is where things start to change in terms of severity. Because law enforcement upgrade the charges to felony gun charges and a felony assault charge. So remember, a lot of people thought that Tory was innocent because the charges against him weren't felony and they weren't assault related or battery related or anything like that. In October of that year, October 2020, that all changes as they upgrade those charges and say, no, we have evidence now that an assault did happen against Megan. Megan is, is named as the victim. They star as the perpetrator. Now, all of the police reports up until this time reflect what Megan has been saying on her lives, on um, any post or any account of what happened. Megan's accounts are being backed by the police reports. However, there seems to be no definitive motive behind the attack. Only thing that keeps being said is everybody was drunk. He was drunk. And that's pretty much it. But there's no motive as to why he attacked her with a gun. Within this time, there are more reports that come out that basically say that Tory's team was responsible for sending out doctored texts and um, fake emails with, with people associated with Billboard, different blogs, a whole bunch of different things um, going on at that time. Fast forward a little bit till closer to now. February 23rd of 2022 Information comes out via DJ Academics that Tory Lane's DNA was not found on the gun. D flow flag of police. DVD flag of. That his. We'll have to call you back, D flow. Um, that his D, DNA was not found on the gun. Now. This is later proven to be wrong. What actually happened was that Tory's team 
said that they were going to get a forensic investigator take a look at the gun. They believed they were going to get favorable results from that investigation. So they backtracked that essentially and, and said, wait, 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 we're not saying that Tory Lane's DNA was not found on the, on the weapon. What we're saying is that we believe that if and when we get our investigator to be involved, that there's going to be some stuff that is favorable for our account of what happened that night. Now, we also must keep in mind DJ Academics claims that he has a report and that is what he based his information off of, is he actually saw the paperwork that was filed or um, released to him that said these things. And that may very well be true. He might have seen something that basically said, yeah, Tory's X, Y, and Z will not, is, is limited or not found. His DNA is limited or not found. But... That's not something that should be out to the public until the case starts to be tried. So whether it's true or not, it's conjuncture at this point. It is false. And Tory's team themselves have said that the information is false. So that is another place where a lot of people look at and say, oh, Tory must be right. And Tory must be innocent because his DNA was not found on the weapon. But again, that is conjuncture. That is not true. Um, and the evidence that may be on Tory's side, we won't know until the trial starts regarding that. So you have to take that with a grain of salt. Um. At some point in between this, it looked like Tory was going to take a plea deal. That also was denied to some extent from Tory's team, as well as it never happened. So there's speculation that Megan's team put that out. And Megan, Megan's camp placed that in the blogosphere. To have people feeling like, well, if he's going to take a plea deal, then clearly he knows he did something wrong or clearly he knows that the evidence is going to point to him doing something wrong and he's trying to get the best possible outcome without having to go to trial. So you have that. And that is pretty much where we are. That lands us here. November 28th. The official start of the trial is supposed to begin and it's supposed to last a duration of a few weeks ending December 8th, I believe, is what I saw. Um, Kelsey is supposed to be one of the first witnesses. She was supposed to take the stand, I think, uh, originally. Um, in September, September 14th, I believe, was the date that they they put out. Um, 
But now she's supposed to take the stand within this this 28th to December 8th um, time frame that they have. Here's what I stand. With all of that evidence, the evidence, not the conjuncture, it's hard to believe that Megan just came up with this story. That's where I stand. It's hard to believe there's not enough evidence, in my opinion, that states otherwise. That states that Tory was not responsible for this incident. Now, that also could be because it seems like this gag order is so solely applying to Tory. So he hasn't really been able to, quote unquote, say his side of the story over these last two years. We've pretty much been able to get everything from Megan. Megan, like I said, went on Gail King. Megan has gone live a couple of times. The one time Tory said something, he was handcuffed for it and put in jail and his bail was raised. So we really haven't heard a lot from, from Tory's camp. We've heard a lot from Megan's camp and we've heard a lot that is supposed to be the neutral middle ground and just the facts of the case. And from that standpoint, there isn't much to me that leaves headway for it not to be Tory. There's this incident of him, or not this incident, but there's this recount of him standing over the car door screaming, dance bitch before shooting the trigger. There were only four people in that car. So if it wasn't him that screamed dance bitch before shots rang out, who was it? Bodyguard is in the front seat driving. Kelsey is supposedly in the back. Tori is in the back. Megan is in the front. Megan gets out of the car. So she's not in the car anymore. There's only three people there. Are we saying the bodyguard shot at her? Are we saying that Tori screamed dance bitch and his bodyguard shot at her? Are we saying Kelsey shot at her after he said dance bitch? What are we saying? It doesn't make sense that somebody else outside of him said those words and then shots rang out. So, yeah, it's a little hard to come to any other conclusion than Tory shot Megan for me. Now, when you add conjuncture, then, yeah. There's a little bit of headway because Megan's back was turned. So she didn't see who shot at her. All those scenarios I just said could have happened. It could be that he didn't have the gun. Someone else did. And he just said those words as a drunk person. 
you have the text messages that Meg put out that basically said he was apologizing. Tory claims that he was apologizing for having two friends going back and forth and not being honest about dealing with both of them. Megan says that the text messages were an apology because he shot at her. Even with the speculatory shit, it's a little hard to see it other than Tory was involved in that. Yeah, it's a, it's a little hard to see any of that happening and Tory not playing a piece. And I'm not saying that as a team Meg in this scenario or not, because someone's life is on the line here. And I would, I would rather be wrong and this man not lose the rest of his life or a good chunk of it than be right and that be the case because not only would he be disgusting, vile individual for doing the act and then lying about it for as long as he has, but we're now losing another black man. And if it ain't to gun violence, it's to the jail system. So I would love to be wrong. And I would love for this to be some other form of a misunderstanding. And that would yet to be determined. I don't know what type of misunderstanding. I don't know what would have happened. But. That is a better conclusion than the conclusion that it looks like it is to me. Um, now, that doesn't necessarily mean that Megan has to be lying or Megan has to be uh, purposely trying to take this man's life away from him. There could be some gray area where something happened that no side has alluded to yet, but it comes out in court. I think it's highly unlikely. And I think if it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, smells like a duck, it's a duck. So for me, I don't think we're going to get any surprises on November 28th when this trial starts. I think we're going to start to get the facts and the details of what happened that night. And there's going to be a large group of people who have been Backing Tory that are going to feel a little silly. Um, and there's going to be a lot of black women that are going to feel justified in saying that black men don't respect don't respect black women. And a lot of that is going to come from the black men. And it's not just black men that are supporting Tory now. There's black women too. But a lot of the black men who have actually minimized this case between Tory and Megan that have made it seem like they don't believe 
that she got shot. Or they don't believe that he was a shooter or they don't believe her account of what happened. We will see. Me personally, based off of everything that I just went through, this account from top to bottom, they don't seem like there are many holes that indicate other than anything other than Tory shot at or shot Megan. But we'll see. And like I said, me being wrong, I. If I am, it leads to a little bit of a better outcome than me being right. Now, again, I don't say that in terms of if she lied on him, because I don't necessarily think that that happened either. But if there's some other misinterpretation of events that somehow gets spelled out in court, then cool, I could be wrong. I think the lowest possibility is that Megan lied about this whole scenario. I don't believe that. So, yes, she lied about there being glass in her foot. And some people point to that to say the story kept changing don't make sense. There are things that da, da, da. So I can't necessarily be a thousand percent mad at somebody who says that. But also when you know when someone is a victim of a crime, A, it's so traumatic that sometimes the memory gets a little hazy. And B, victims do this often where they'll either try to protect the person initially and if they decide they want to be they want to go forward story changes or they stop protecting so there's that we will see November 28th um officially as the podcast we're going to stay in the realm of Nobody knows. We ain't going to know until the information comes out. XAB, me. I find it hard to find any wiggle room outside of the scenario of, of, of Tory shooting Megan based off of the facts as we know them. As the podcast that has a bow ties, we have concluded that we don't know. Nobody knows. So that is our official answer. <laughs> that is my official answer as of right now, too. What I feel is that Meg is clearly, there's one story that is making sense and the facts back up. However, I wasn't there. Distinguished wasn't there. Nobody was there. So we will have to wait and see what happens starting November 28th.
Let's talk about Summer Walker. Uh, Distinguish and I called this when she first got with Larry. She said that shit was not going to last. And lo and behold, that shit did not last. So fans had realized that Larry wasn't being promoted as much as he was originally. And so... For the baby shower, there was a picture that Summer put up, and it was all the ladies, and it was Summer. And someone put up a post that said, where is Larry? And Summer seemed to be a little upset at it and said, Larry is outside with where the men are at. She later put up a long, long post that essentially said, me and Larry are no longer together. There are certain things that I will not tolerate and I will not put up with. And because of that, we've decided to part ways. I still got mad love for him. No, I'm not getting rid of my Larry tattoo. Um, And a bunch of stuff about people being too involved in celebrity lives. And there are a lot of celebrity women who would prefer to stay with somebody that doesn't meet their standards as opposed to taking the stance of getting rid of them and not being with them, um, even though that it doesn't make them happy. Shit. (laughs) Some are right and some are wrong. She's right in in the sentiment that there are a lot of people who will put on the front and stay with somebody um, past their due date. You drinking that chunky milk <laughs> when you need to throw that shit out and get you a new batch. So she right. She wrong in the fact that all of us knew this shit was not going to last. I, I, I ain't wrong for saying that. We all knew this shit was not going to last. Larry, Larry wasn't it from, from the get go. So I don't, I don't really know what, what she was expecting from this. I saw a comment that said she moved too fast after London and I concur. I know that's not, summer's not my, my girl. It's not my life. Summer could do whatever the fuck she want. But a lot of what she did after breaking up with London just was a lot. Now, again, Summer is young. And she said she wanted to have her children before she was 25. So in her mind, she is completing the plan. Summer's also richer than most of us, so these rich niggas live by different rules. I know for me and mine, if I had a daughter, I wouldn't be upset at her, but I would be upset at the circumstances. And I'd be upset that she could probably have avoided them. And that's kind of where I stand with this. But again, 
this is Summer's life. She lives it as she she wants to, as she pleases. And I hope that the young children, the babies, are not affected by these decisions. Earn Your Leisure. Um, Earn Your Leisure had a pretty interesting take on everything going on in the community. And so I want to play that really quick. Let's let's get that on on record. And uh, here we go. And then you look out in the world and say, why are these young men killing each other? What do you mean? What do you promote? With your platform, don't you only promote distractions and escapism? And don't you only promote celebrityism of an entertainment culture? And you never present options, solutions, or anything good that these young men and women can be inspired by as an option and an alternative. If you don't do that, then you're perpetuating the things that you complain about. So you literally are, are an op. You are a part of the problem. You are in opposition to the good things that happen. And so, you know, I've had, you know, some of our peers that are in media, they, they told me to their face that they, they don't want to put on smart shit on their kids. Let's be honest. When you look. All right, so here, here's the game of reality, right? You know, if, if niggas is not paying to put out something good for the culture, niggas don't want it on there. But you can come on here and talk about your beef with another black man. You can talk about your issues and your problems, and they don't mind capitalizing off that. And they're going to scream and they're going to cry. You understand me? When somebody dies and something happens, but them same niggas will charge you to put out information that's positive because they're going to say, well, no, nah, that shit's too smart. That's one of that's our more powerful word. blacks. That's a fucking lie. And this right. goes for all of the blogs, all of the Instagram pages, all of the influencers that's putting up content because you keep putting up the same content and it's not beneficial and it's harmful. And the thing about it is that we keep, we always try to like, like Torre, um, shout out to him, but he put a post up about how hip hop music um, is not the reason of crime. And I'm like, yeah, it kind of is. Like at some point we got to be honest, right? Like, yeah, of course, poverty, of course, all that. But to say that music is not something that is been is not harmful is a lie. It's a, it's actually been extremely harmful, and the majority of it is not beneficial. And the majority of the of the, the influences that are on social media are not beneficial. When we're just hearing about celebrity gossip and this person cheated on this person and Nick Cannon's having his thirteenth child, how is that beneficial? How is Nick Cannon having his thirteenth child beneficial to your life? To I don't. Know. How is that? How is that something that's going to be beneficial? How is that something that is going to be inspirational or something that a young boy is going to look at and aspire to? I'm not knocking Nick. Shout out to him. Salute whatever he wants to do. But I'm, what I'm saying is that why why are you publicizing every single time he's having a child? Ain't no different from what I said at the top of the podcast, man. Maybe some different words. Maybe some different um examples it's the truth now they specifically laid it at the feet of black media I concur we're calling people influencers 
people are paying people as influencers. The reason why is because these people are able to influence. And our media culture and what we celebrate, what we highlight, that's all part of the culture and it's all part of the problem. We do not do a good enough job highlighting, as 19 Keys would say, smart shit. We don't do a good good enough job highlighting it. We rather highlight the shit that we don't got to think about. The shit that is escapism. I could talk about so-and-so's life all day long because it distracts me from having to do the shadow work to really focus on what I'm fucking up in in my own life. Summer Walker got two babies by two different baby fathers. I got to highlight that instead of talking about the fact that my rent is due and I ain't got it. I can highlight that instead of talking about my 16-year-old cousin who's pregnant and don't know who the baby father is. But I'm not putting that on the masses because these blog sites and this black media or media highlighting quote-unquote black culture, they know what they're doing. You see, the common consumer may not know that they're being influenced to think or consume something in a certain type of way, because that is the job of advertisement, marketing, promotion, is to just simply make it feel like you need this in your everyday life. So I can't put it on the consumer. But the blogs know what they putting out there. As Ernie Elijah said, when they put out that post, oh, let's congrats, let's congratulate Nick Cannon on his 12th child. They know what type of comments are going to go underneath that. They know ain't shit about it going to be a congratulations. It's going to be a bunch of miserable people who will use that post to make them feel good about whatever the fuck is going on in their life that ain't right. And that is the reality. Now, I'm not saying everybody that comments on these posts are miserable, but a large majority of these comments be miserable comments. Let's keep it a stack. So you get a lot of people that are just waiting for those posts of Christian Rock. Oh my God, going back to Blueface again? Girl, you said you was going to leave him last time. You'll be back next week. These blogs know what they're doing. Black media, quote unquote, knows what it's doing. 
The name of the game is engagement. Let's post some shit that we know people are going to react to. So it either got to be super extreme or super nutty and crazy. But we're not going to post some some real smart shit unless we know it's attached to a person that y'all like, quote unquote. So. Yeah, every now and then we're going to post. Uh, we'll post somebody who's doing something to me. We'll post Denzel Washington saying a, a dope quote. We'll post Steve Harvey with a dope quote. We'll post Miss Ross saying something dope. Other than that, we putting tomfoolery up there. And we bite every time. This is why I fucking hate the internet. Circling back. Sometimes we need this, these, these, these. Thought circles, these thought tanks. Because we got to call out some bullshit. And that's what I'm about to do now. Because Bow Wow has been on Jade for a minute now. Now, for those of you who don't know Jade Cargill, she is part of the wrestling wrestling circuit. Bow Wow put out some... I guess you want to say he was trying to flirt or hit on her. Um, Basically saying like. He said something. She said something back. um, Let him know like, yo, I got a man. And he's been going back and forth with her for like a week now. I don't highlight it for the drama. I highlight it because. Bow Wow need help. Bow Wow needs to come to the conclusion and understanding. This ain't 2003 no more. Talking to this young lady like he got clout and money that she can't fathom, yet she is in the entertainment realm just as much as he is. She might be more famous than him at this moment in time. So for him to not come to that conclusion and not understand and to be doing this back and forth, one is super childish, but he needs some therapy. So Bow Wow, if you ever hear this, please, my brother, like this is this is starting to feel like you talking about some they don't know it's me. No, nigga, they don't care. You talking to this girl saying, oh, you know, I got enough money to da-da-da-da. Clearly, you don't understand. Shorty is in another bracket than you at this point in time. You not doing nothing. And she's the champion of the wrestling league that she's in. Seek help. 
Corley Ray got some new heat on the way for us. Let's take a listen. Little sample, sample. Illiteracy on that. I like it, but same shit we spoke about earlier. Look at what we highlighting. So this is a serious episode. Fuck that. It sound good though. It sound good. I'm not gonna hold you. Sound good, but let's start. Let's start evaluating. Cause this is supposed to be a, a anthem. Sounds like an anthem. And it's just unfortunate that we can't highlight ourselves without attaching it to the same shit that cheapens our culture. That's all I'm going to say on that, but I, I like the song. Let's get straight into politics before I get the fuck up out of here. Next week, I have a guest lined up for us. Um, so that should be fun. Thanksgiving, you know what time it is. Most likely won't be here. We most likely won't give you an episode that week, but I'll see. I'll see. Um, but yeah, politics. Y'all motherfuckers better go out and vote. It's real simple. Midterm elections in two days. By the time you hear this, it'll be one day. Midterm elections. Super important, y'all. There are a lot of different states. I don't know where everybody's listening from. There are a lot of different states where people are promising that once they get into office and they get into power, that their party will never lose power again. And it's mainly Republicans talking like that. They are planning to change the rules so that a Republican can never lose office again. That should scare everybody. Don't matter if you consider yourself conservative or not. One party should never be able to attempt to seize power solely for itself for the duration of time. And so everybody needs to go out and vote. Georgia, you have very important races on your hands. You got the governor's race with Stacey Abram. You got the Senate race with Herschel Walker and Warnock. Y'all have some shit that y'all need to handle over in Georgia. And over here, the governorship is on the line. We've gotten used to New York being a completely blue state. Some of us may like that. Some of us may not. But we're about to 
potentially have a Republican governor if we don't go out and vote. Now, as much as I do not want that, it would be the Democrats' fault for what they did to Cuomo. I still have yet to hear hear an allegation that one was successful and two went to the lengths of them having to remove him from office the way they did. And I probably will never hear it, but now you have to deal with the repercussions of that. And that might mean losing the governor's office. So I don't really know what the play was behind that. But this might be the repercussion of it. Finally, Apple is worth more than Alphabet, Amazon, and Meta combined. Now, part of this is due to the tech sector losing a large amount of stock during uh, last week's stock exchange. Um, A lot of sales big sales of tech investments last week. So you can chalk some of it up to that, but nonetheless, that is wild. Apple was worth, I think, 2.3 trillion, 2.306 or something like that. And then all the other companies combined made 2.304 or something along those lines. But yeah, that's wild that. Apple itself had all three of them can buy. All three of their revenues can buy. That ain't a monopoly. I don't know what is. Um, yeah, as I've been saying, what would dad say? Dad would say the holidays is coming up, so... Episodes might get a little choppy, trying to give y'all a warning now, especially around Christmas and New Year's. Um, Typically, we go on break as a unit around that time. Um, And so Thanksgiving around then, y'all may or may not get an episode. And then Christmas time, New Year's, y'all most likely will not get episodes. I will keep everybody posted. As I mentioned at the top of the episode, Distinguished did say that he was planning on returning back in December. Um, So I know that there's a fan base that is dedicated solely to hearing his voice and his opinions and his approach. Um, And so if you're looking for that, he will be back in December. Um, As I stated, in the meantime, though, we will have some of your favorites. Some new faces, some newcomers um, filling that seat. Um, and dad would say, life is a bunch of up and downs. We have to learn how to ride the wave. Another episode of Dad Has a Bow Peace.